we're going to first look at Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, and then look at verse 35. Now, I, we need to, to understand one thing, first of all, about Matthew chapter 18, and that is that the whole chapter is dealing with this topic of, uh, of forgiveness, of how we deal with sins. Okay? Now, in Matthew 18, 18, it says, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And here, what Jesus is, is saying, unfortunately, oftentimes, this verse is pulled out of context and is, is applied to dealing with demons. You know, what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. But what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 18, 18, is not dealing with demons, but he's talking about forgiveness. And concerning forgiveness, he says, what we bind on earth, we bound in heaven, what we release or loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And as I said, uh, we are looking for a way to deal with sin in a supernatural way that involves an exchange. And that, I want you to understand, is just what forgiveness is, is for. But as we'll see, I think, we, we don't really, as Christians, oftentimes understand forgiveness in a biblical way. We understand uh, forgiveness from some kind of an earthly definition. But we deal with sins that are committed against us through forgiveness. Okay? So we, we've said sin is the common problem. And for sins that are committed against us, forgiveness is that, that supernatural exchange, that way that we, we deal with it. But our culture knows very little about biblical forgiveness. Uh, and, the, and as I said, the church oftentimes doesn't understand it as, it as it ought to be. But Matthew 18 deals with this topic of forgiveness. And by definition, by definition, you'll see forgiveness is supernatural. It's an exchange. What we bind on earth, what we bound on heaven, in heaven. What we release on earth, what we released in heaven. Forgiveness is something that takes place between heaven and earth, between earth and heaven. It involves our will and His power. And all too often, though, we see forgiveness simply as something to, to make us feel better, or forgiveness as something that restores a broken relationship. And there is a, a, a dimension, there is a way we can understand forgiveness from, a, from, this earth, from an earthly perspective as something just to bring about reconciliation between two people. You know, someone sins against you or you sin against somebody, forgiveness can be extended and forgiveness can be received. But biblical forgiveness isn't speaking about something inherently that takes place between two human beings. Biblical forgiveness is talking about something that takes place between heaven and earth and earth and heaven. And, and that is something that we need to understand because it makes all the difference in the world how we exercise forgiveness and how we teach others to exercise forgiveness. Biblical forgiveness is more about an exchange between the offended party and God than between the offended party and the offender. And it's a good thing also because often the offender is long gone. They may not be alive again. They may not desire to even talk to you. They may, they may be deceased. They, they may not be able to be contacted. But fortunately, forgiveness 
has to do with us as the offended party making an exchange with God. Here, Lord, do you, do you want this? Won't you take this? And God saying, I'll bind on earth what's been bound in heaven. I'll release you and from the power and the effect of that sin that was committed against you. See, forgiveness is a choice to release a person to God, recognizing that God is the judge and not us. And that only God has the right and the authority to determine the discipline or the judgment or even the revenge. So what forgiveness is, let's say, um, let's say my, my fifth grade teacher abused me. He abused me regularly because he had it in for me and he constantly called me names in front of the rest of the class and made fun of me. And here I am years later and I'm beginning to see the bend in my fishing pole. I'm beginning to see these emotional reflexes where anybody who is in authority, you know, who says anything that remotely could be embarrassing to me, I just have this surge of anger and I feel like just running away and bursting in tears, and, and I don't know what's going on inside of me. But then I come to recognize, okay, I see this bend in my emotions, and I know I must be hooking something under the surface. And it doesn't take a whole long, a lot of time determining when I've been in situations where, where I've been embarrassed by those who are in authority or been, been abused in one way or another. And I, I, or maybe I just know, well, it's, this is just like what used to happen in fifth grade. Well, I, I need to forgive. Now, does that mean I need to go to my fifth grade teacher and say, you know, Mr. Ryan, you know, that was wrong and, and I forgive you? No, I mean, that would be fine if I want a reconciliation in a relationship, that would be fine. But what I'm interested in is dealing with the fact that that sin committed against me, according to Galatians chapter 6, resulted in what? Bad fruit. And I see the bad fruit in my life. I see the reaction. I see the hurt. I see the sensitivity to rejection. I see maybe walls that I put up. I see the, the bad fruit it's born. So I need to deal with this sin committed against me in a biblical way. I need to deal with it in a way that involves a supernatural exchange. So what forgiveness is, is going before the Lord and saying, Jesus, here's what happened. This is what this, this teacher did to me. And all I wanted is a teacher who would, would just accept me. All I wanted is a teacher who wouldn't you know, think, you know, point me out and, and embarrass me. But Lord, this teacher, for some reason just hurt me over and over again. So Lord, I want to make an exchange. I want to give you Mr. Ryan. You know, I don't want him. You take him. You're the judge. You're the one that, that delivers discipline, delivers you know, a response to sin. You deal with sin, so I hand him to you, Lord. Now, Lord, in exchange, as I release him and loose him to you, Lord, won't you release me from the power of his sin against me? Won't you make me as though I never was sinned against? I mean, after all, Jesus, you justified me. 
You made me just as if I hadn't sinned. Is it anything more for you to make me just as if I hadn't been sinned against? So I, I, I release my teacher to you. You deal with him. Now separate me from the power of that sin. Uproot the fruit that I see it bearing in my life. Now that kind of an exchange is just normal Christianity. But do you see how forgiveness, biblically, is something that takes place between us and the Lord? And over and over and over again, I've seen people in my you know, office where they'll be you know, finally giving someone to the Lord, just releasing someone to the Lord, and, and just seeing and ex- the, the Lord come to them and begin to unravel. And I'm not saying it's instantaneous, but seeing the Lord as we forgive over and over, unraveling the power of that incident. Especially where I, where I can say, Lord, you know, he used to call me stupid all the time. What do you have to say to me? And then waiting on the Lord and hearing the Lord or sensing the Lord speaking to me, whether it's through a, a passage of scripture that comes to mind, through a picture in my mind's eye, through just that, that inner voice, as the Lord says, you know, well, here's what I think of you. And we're making those exchanges. The power of, of, of those exchanges is no less than the, uh, and will result in nothing less than what we see res- uh, uh, the result of our, our initial exchange when we came to Christ. But that's the normal Christian life. Forgiveness has to do with making an exchange with the Lord. Binding on earth, having things bound in heaven, the fruit of that sin. Releasing on earth, having things being released in heaven. It's an exchange with the Lord. It's supernatural. It's from the inside out. It's not pretending. It's not, you know, something's different. It's not just sweeping it under the carpet. It's not just saying, oh, it happened so long ago, Danny, get over it. You know, again, no statute of limitations on sin. This is just plain biblical Christianity. Lord, I was sinned against. It's bearing bad fruit, all according to what you say is true in your word. I just don't want to see the bad fruit anymore. So I'm going to release him, and I want you to release me. And I'll just forgive in and, and various layers as I, as I see what, what effect and, and what sins there may have been. Now, does that mean that we have to forgive every incident? I mean, if someone sinned against you virtually every day of your childhood life, a parent who was, you know, abusive, you know, do we have to go through every incident? No, but I think what, what oftentimes the Lord will do is he'll give you, as an individual, he'll give us as, as those who are helping or counseling or discipling another, he'll give representative incident that will just sort of be a representation of a whole pattern of, of our, our life and our, uh, with that other person. You know, let's say you're, you're ministering to somebody who was abused by their parent, you know, where there's a lot of rejection or physical abuse. You know, I, I might ask that person, well, give me an example of what would have happened that's just typical. And they, they would say, oh, well, I, I don't know why I always remember this, but I remember there was one situation where I, I came home and I had, you know, uh, been 
you know, I'd lost my, you know, my lunch money and I was upset. And I, instead of my mother showing any compassion at all, you know, she just yelled at me and, and hit me and sent me to my room. And I, I don't know why that still sticks with me, but it does. So I said, okay, well, let, we'll use that as a representative incident. And we'll pray that through. Tell, go ahead and, and tell Jesus, you know, what went on. You just told me, tell him. And they'll say, oh, well, Lord, you know, I wanted this to happen, but it didn't. And really what happened was such and such. You know, and, and this is how I felt. I felt hurt and embarrassed and, and angry all at the same time. I say, are, are you willing to forgive? Yeah, well, do you understand that means to release your mother to Jesus? Yeah. Well, give her to Jesus. Well, Jesus, you're the judge. I just release my mother to you for those times, just not only that time, but for all those times where you, you know, where she, she ridiculed me or, or just responded cruelly instead of with sensitivity. I just release her to you. Lord, you deal with her how you want, when you want. But Lord, release me from the power that's had in my life, from the, the, the power that it has in my actions and my emotions. You know, there's such power in those kinds of exchanges. But you see, all too often, when we ask somebody, well, did you forgive? Their, their thought is that it's sort of this intellectual, am I willing to forgive, as opposed to the, or, or am I willing to let go of it, as opposed to, did you forgive, meaning did you have that, that, that exchange with the living God who has power to release us from the effect, from the bad fruit, that those sins uh, result in. Does that make sense? You know, forgiveness is, is our, unforgiveness is our way of usurping God's job. You know, when we don't forgive, we're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm going to judge this one. And my judgment and my punishment is I'm going to hold this against him. You know, forgiveness is, is like tearing up the IOU. You know, rather than holding on to this Jesus, and, and in my mind, somehow holding it onto this, this memory as though I was going to get back at them or they're going to pay at some point, I'm tearing it up. I'm saying, Lord, you deal with them how you want, where you want, and the way you want, with all the mercy you want. It's your deal, Jesus. I just don't want to be affected by it. I'm tearing up any IOU that I carry. Forgiveness is handing over the offender to Jesus and then walking away. Now, let me say this. A lot of people have difficulty forgiving when you first ask them to uh, or suggest it because they don't understand that Jesus hates sin as much as they do. In their mind, oh, yeah, I'm going to give this person to, to Jesus and as if it didn't matter. Well, it did matter. And we, we, sometimes we need to remind people that Jesus hates sin. You know, he had to go and die on the cross for what that mother did or father did or grandfather or uncle or a friend or, or teacher or whomever. He hates sin. It's never okay. Forgiveness doesn't mean we say or God says it's okay or forget about it or don't worry about it or, or just put it in the past. Forgiveness is an exchange with a living God. And sometimes it's helpful for people to understand that it doesn't mean that they've gotten away with anything. Forgiveness isn't, is just simply saying, Jesus, they're just yours to deal with. But, but separate me. Loose me from the power of that sin. 
When we forgive, we release, uh, Jesus releases us from the power of the offender's sin uh, and the, the power it had over us. As I said earlier, in the same way that through justification we are made just as if we had never sinned, through forgiveness we are made as though we had not been sinned against. It's supernatural. But that's what we said Christianity was meant to be. Is it instantaneous? No, no more than, you know, most anything in, in the sanctification process is. But as we forgive over and over again, sometimes layer upon layer, we see a powerful result. Forgiveness is not saying it's okay. It's not saying it's forgotten. We, and we can and we should forgive, even if the offender doesn't repent. The offender doesn't have to repent because it's not about the offender and us. It's about us and Jesus and the power of the sin. But now, oftentimes, <clears throat> when we try to forgive, what we'll find is that the, the person will, will say, Oh, I, I forgave, but nothing happened. And the reason is because a lot of times we forget this other portion uh, of this, this part of the verse in Matthew 18. Because in Matthew 18, 35, it says, This is how my heavenly Father will treat uh, each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. In other words, what, what, Paul, what, what uh, Jesus is saying is not just that we need to forgive, make this exchange between heaven and earth and earth and heaven, but we need to forgive from the heart. And what I understand that to mean is that we need to, to forgive from the place of hurt and anger. In other words, hurt and anger are the biblical responses to sin. Do you all know that? Hurt and anger are the biblical God-given responses to sin. In fact, we see both in Jesus, when Jesus was, was uh, sinned against by, for instance, the, the Pharisees, and, and, and in fact, when he sinned against in, the rejection, in their rejection of him as their Savior, he was there looking over Jerusalem, facing the cross. And what does it say? What does it say? He looked over Jerusalem and realized how they rejected him like they rejected the prophets. And it says he wept. But in, in the Greek, it doesn't mean that you know, a little tear just you know, curled out of his eye. Literally, what it means, means is that he just wept uncontrollably. He cried uncontrollably. There was grief. There was hurt there because of their sin of rejecting him. That was just a normal, biblical, God-given human response to sin. And anger also is a human, biblical response to sin. We certainly see that in Jesus as well. You know, when he went through the, the temple and saw the money changers, what did he do? Did he say, ah, oh, come on, you guys, cut it out? No, he made whips. He flipped tables upside down. He chased them out of the, the temple. I don't know about your house, but in my house, that would constitute anger. You know, I mean, Jesus was angry. And Jesus would get hurt. So hurt and anger are the biblical responses to sin. So when we're told to forgive from the heart, what I believe Jesus was saying is forgiveness needs to come as a whole person. We forgive not just from the neck up, but we forgive from that place of hurt, that place of violation, that place of anger. And let me say something. As evangelicals, we are so well taught 
that forgiveness is a choice that sometimes we promote the very reason why forgiveness doesn't bear any fruit. Because by being a choice, which it is, we imply it's only a choice. It's simply a choice. And therefore, it's just fine to choose from the neck up to forgive. And meanwhile, the, you know, the person is not connected from the heart or from the neck down. They're not connected with any of the, as a, as a whole person. They just make this choice. You know, they, they forgive and, and nothing comes of it. Nothing comes of it at all. But what we need to realize is that, for, that when we forgive, we, we forgive from the hurt, we forgive from the anger. Recognizing this, though, that hurt and anger, if, it, if we don't forgive, hurt turns into despair, anger turns into bitterness. That's when we get into trouble. So I'm not saying that, that holding on to the hurt and anger is good. What I'm saying is forgiveness is so that we can take the person who offended us, exchange him with the Lord, say, Jesus, I, 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 there's this hurt, and I give you the hurt. What do you have in return? I give you the anger. What do you want to do in return? But we're, we're making these exchanges as a whole person. As a whole person. The, um, but, but all too often, we, we can sometimes even have people forgive too quickly. You know, they tell us about some situation, and, and maybe it's the first time they even, ever, even have talked about it to anybody. And we instantly jump in and we say, oh, have you forgiven your father for that? The person says, uh, well, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, repeat it for me. I forgive my father. Okay, I forgive my father. All right, now let's move on. And they, they're, they're, it's just the neck up. It, nothing, nothing has really resulted from that. Um, often what happens, too, is that when a child is, is abused or a child is hurt or we're hurt in our teenage years or in our young adult life, things that happened a long time ago, if we didn't know how to make these exchanges or maybe we weren't a Christian or maybe we thought we deserved the, the sins that were, were committed against us, what we end up doing is we just, it just gets swept under the carpet. It just gets pushed down because we don't, we don't know how to deal with it. So it's, it's no surprise that after time, you know, there's a bigger and bigger chasm between the head and the heart. And sometimes what we need to do is we need people, we need to help people make that, that reconnection. There's an individual that I had counseled uh, quite a, a number of years ago, and it was just so graphic, uh, considering this issue of, of separation between head and heart. I, I was talking to him. He, he came to counseling. He had a, a pattern of, of anger towards his wife, his children, his employer. He had constantly was, you know, was alienated from just about everybody. There was just a tremendous amount of anger in his life. And, you know, he and I began to talk, and it was obvious that these were bends in a fishing pole, so I was, uh, so I was on a fishing expedition trying to figure out where, where's all this rooted, this exaggerated emotional response. And, we, you know, and as part of my chat with him, I said, well, tell me a little bit about your family. And like most of us, he said, oh, it's a normal family. And I said, well, then tell me what you think normal is. And he, he, um, I said, he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, Tell me, for instance, tell me about how, how your family exercise, how your parents exercise discipline. And he said, well, 
Sometimes when I was bad, when I was real little, like four, three, maybe five years old, my father, when I was bad, he would take me down, we lived in a big old house. My father would take me down to the basement and there's an old, sort of one of these damp, dusty, musty basements with big rafters. And he put me in a burlap sack, tie it up on top, and hang the sack over the rafter for what seemed like an hour or two. And then he'd take me down. And my response was much like yours. I mean, I was listening to this, and I just, you know, I just couldn't believe it. And I said, I said, well, how do you feel about that? And he said, well, a long time ago, it's, you know, no big deal now. But I mean, I understood, you know, you see, if that's just an example of what things were like in his house, <laughs> I understood why there was this deposit of anger that was popping out at every opportunity. You know, but yet when I asked him about well, what do you, how do you feel about you, towards your dad, he said, oh, fine, you know, he had his problems, but we all do, no big deal. Well, there's such an enormous gap between his head and his heart. Had I turned to him and said, you know, uh, Jerry, you need to forgive your father right now, he would have gladly done that. Okay, I forgive my father. But what needed to happen is to give Jerry an opportunity to connect his head and heart over whether it's a few weeks or, or whatever, how long, so that when he forgave his father, he'd be forgiving from the heart as a whole person. You know, Lord, this is what, what my father did, and I see the bad fruit it's bearing in my life, but I want to release him to you, but Lord, release me from the effect it's having in my life. For, you know, release me from the, the anger. Release me from the hurt. And then to allow and see God begin to, to do that from the inside out. Show me a person who is able and willing and has learned how to come before the Lord, how to make these kind of exchanges and say, Lord, I release him. What do you have to say as my heavenly father towards me? What do you think of me? And to, to make those kind of exchanges. It's just so tremendously, tremendously powerful. But what happens, and I've seen it happen over and over and over again over the years, as you just begin to help them, not just in sessions or necessarily when you're meeting with them, but just help them nurture in our own lives also, help us nurture this, this, this exchange. Lord, here's what I'm thinking. What do you have to say? Here's what I remember. What do you have to say? Here's what I feel. What do you have to say? And we begin to capture what he's saying. It's, it's just transforming. And, and why wouldn't it be? You know, how many of you would love to have lived back 2,000 years ago and just walked through Galilee with Jesus? Just being able to chat with him, talk to him about things that bothered you, you know. You know, Jesus, when, when Peter said that thing the other day, that really hurt my feelings. Have Jesus look at us and just smile or put his arm around our shoulder. I mean, can you imagine how, how healing, how satisfying, you know, Jesus, when... You know, my, my brother used to call me this name. Have Jesus come and, and take our face and well, let me tell you what I want to call you. And he just speaks to us. It's just transforming. And so it should be. I mean, this isn't hocus pocus. This isn't, you know, playing games with people's minds. This is just let, letting God be God. Do we not believe that God wants to interact with us? That God is able to speak to us? That's what forgiveness is all about. It's making an exchange, binding on earth what will be bound in heaven, loosing on earth, having it loosed in heaven, making these exchanges from the heart. 